You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? The Eagles are back in the win column after a 30-13, to 13, I think. Um, 17? 13? I think it was 13. Uh, win over the Denver Broncos uh, out in the Rockies. Uh, Eagles are now 4-6, and six, heading into a matchup against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, sort of a rival of theirs, a non-NFC East rival anyway. Uh, Brandon? Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation, of course, is joining me. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. How you doing, buddy? Jimmy, there's juice with the Eagles again. It's back. <laughs> the juice is here. The juice is kind of back. Uh, they've won two out of the last three. They didn't play so bad as a whole. The defense is really bad against the Chargers. Um, but here they are in a, in a much more exciting spot, Jimmy, than certainly they were a few weeks ago. So that's fun. Before we get into today's episode, which we have a lot to talk about, especially coming off of that win over the Broncos, just want to tell everyone about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You go to RighteousFelon.com. You just discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order of the best possible meat snacks and non-meat snacks that you can get. Also, same discount code BGN15 works at wildnaturepet.com if you are looking for dog treats. Jimmy, what do yes. we even start with today? It was 30 to 13, right? Did it I was. Right? Yeah, okay. Well, let's start with Jalen Hurts, I think, because uh, I think I think pretty much everyone agreed that that was the best half of his young uh, NFL career. Uh, first half uh, in Denver was his best. Uh, a lot of a lot of really nice throws. Um, where are you on his um, – on the likelihood of him being the Eagles franchise quarterback in 2022 and beyond after this performance. So I want to start by saying that I agree with you. That was his best half, I think, by far. And that's not even trying to be a put down on the other performances he's had. Just I just think that was so clearly head and shoulders above everything we saw just in terms of uh, there's accuracy. There was uh, keeping his eyes down the field instead of dropping them and taking off running. Um, there was just a lot of good stuff there. The contested throw, obviously to Devonte Smith. I loved seeing quarterback here, which we haven't seen always in the past of the quarterback, giving the wide receiver a chance to make a play like that. I thought that was really cool to see and, and encouraging. Um, so really encouraging stuff. I think all around from Jalen Hurts. Now, uh, I will say, I think some of the reaction I saw after this game was a little bit over the top for me in terms of like, this is it. He's the guy. He's answered all the questions. It's like, this is a good half against the Broncos. And it's a stock up game for sure, but it's not like this is definitively the answer. And now the Eagles can just move on. They have their quarterback. 
that goes both ways when he has a bad game. It's the exact opposite. Sure. It's like get this guy out of town immediately. <laughs> you know, like bench him for Gardner Minshew was a thing early, like a few weeks ago. So, I mean, that's Philly sports for you. That's just how it goes. We overreact to, uh, to, you know, each individual performance. But yeah, I thought it was his best half of his career too. Um, you mentioned the throw to Devontae Smith deep down the field. And, um, like I thought the other really nice throw that he made was he moved a little subtly in the pocket, uh, to his left. And he hit uh, Goddard in stride um, on the play that Goddard wound up taking a headshot and getting concussed. Uh, but I thought that was a really nice uh, play from him. And an example of like we, what you were talking about where, um, you know, the initial read or two wasn't there. He didn't take off running. He moved in the pocket. He waited for that to open up. And he and he made a really a-, a strong, accurate throw in the middle of the field, which we haven't seen a lot of either. And uh, I thought he did a good job of working all areas of the field. Um, and yeah, th- this, this was like, this is what the Eagles are looking for in their quarterback, what they got from, from Jalen Hurts in the first half of that game. Second half, what do you only attempt like three passes? I think one, <laughs> one of them, three. Yeah. one of them was a pick. I didn't think the pick was, was, uh, you know, egregious. His hand got hit on that play. Uh, I think, I know he was definitely under heavy pressure. Uh, the other throw that was the almost pick mm. was, uh, was the throw that was concerning where, um, Devonte actually came open uh, on sort of a corner route to like the quote unquote turkey hole, uh, and like you know in that sort of uh, cover two uh, beater zone of the uh, you know area of the field, um, and the throw came out way too late. Patrick Sertan had a chance to get back on that throw, and uh, he was lucky that Devonte Smith turned into a cornerback on that play and, and broke up that throw. Uh, but yeah, I, I, very very strong performance uh, in my opinion from Hertz. And uh, I think he's had some, more, you know, he's had more down games than he's had up games. But I think that the way that the offense is playing now, um, you know, heavily, um, you know, using the run game, it's taking pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. And it's been better for him as a, you know, as a quarterback than having to shoulder um, sort of all the uh, the responsibility of, of whether, you know, this offense scores points or not. So uh, the run game is helping a lot. And um yeah, I mean, this is a formula that, that they can win with, at least for the rest of the season. At least for the rest of the season against teams who aren't very good, which is kind of like the also kind of we'll get into this maybe a little bit later. But like kind of one of the things I've been thinking about, like, what are we really going to uh, learn about this team? And certainly, you know, with the defense, it's like, OK, they've done good against not so good quarterbacks, but <laughs> they haven't been competent at all against the good ones and like at some point you have to kind of be like not destroyed and absolutely decimated and allowing 80 percent plus completion against the good ones but anyway back to Hertz real quick um uh, on that interception that wasn't the one that was dropped I think it's obviously only fair to mention he also had a touchdown dropped you know in the first half on the on the great oh, throw right to, on Quest. To Quest yeah. so yeah. you know we'll factor that in there as well we'll make mention of that um on the, the great one throw, to, that, that might have been his best actual throw of the game right. too like he dropped that in the bucket it perfectly yeah. led him into Perfect the end zone and, and uh yeah that's the kind of throw that like if uh Quez wasn't like beloved early in his career. If that was Rieger, yeah. <laughs> if Rieger would have gotten absolutely destroyed uh, for dropping that pass if it were him. Well, in fairness, like, Quez hasn't <laughs> really struggled with drops to me. Like, that's never yeah. really been an issue in practice. I've never really seen that from him. So I'm kind of surprised that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, could have just, you know, been a bad luck moment, whatever. Uh, on the interception that wasn't, I did see, like, I, I watched that replay and I saw, like, the Broncos sideline, especially on the all 22, you could see, like, they were get, they were fired up. They thought that was going to be a pick, like, before the ball even got there. They're like, oh, this is it. Um, so that was, I think, a really bad throw. And, um, the, the pick he actually throw, Jalen Hurts, 
I mean, there wasn't, he didn't have another attempt that whole game, which I think is kind of getting a little bit under discussed in the context of his performance. Like, again, I'm not trying to take anything away in terms of it being an encouraging game, a stock up game, but like, it's, it's a half. It's a good half of football, but there's 60 minutes and the other half, like, he didn't have to do anything, which is good for him and good for the Eagles. But like, if Darius Slay doesn't, if that big swing doesn't happen, because that was a huge swing. If they, because like, you know the Broncos, yeah, they're down get, seven. They almost get that fourth and one. They potentially tie the game there. At least you know maybe Fangio kicks a field goal because he's a coward, but he you know trims the lead. <laughs> and like all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts probably has to throw more in that second half. And I was just curious to see how that might look because, as Johnny Page highlighted in our All Twenty Two breakdown this week. The, the Broncos kind of adjusted in the second half and they were running more zone, it seemed like. And it seemed like, uh, Hertz was having, uh, some, some issues with that, at least early on. And I do want to give Hertz another credit, credit for another thing, by the way. I really love the play where he took off running. He, he recognized his man coverage really quickly and then he just made a quick decision to just take off running. It was on his 32 yard run, which I think okay, is the longest yeah, of his right, career. Right, like right, he saw yeah. the defensive back, had his back to him. He knew his man coverage. So he's like, no one's, no one's going to be, no one's going to be able to stop me. No one's accounting for me. So I really, I thought that was a great, like it was very decisive. It wasn't like one of those plays where a quarterback just sits back in the pocket, sees nothing and then runs. Like he, he recognized that very quickly. Like he just, he's like, Oh, like forget, forget the passing options. Like I have a huge lane here. So I thought that was a really good job by him and an underrated play from that game. But yeah, in terms of like, I just kind of have questions still. It's like that second half, like we didn't get to evaluate him. And again, good for the Eagles because it ended up working in their favor. But I just kind of thought that was like a very convenient thing that happened to him. Like as soon as he started to struggle, he didn't even need to throw in the ball anymore because they were just able to run it and the defense was able to close it out. Um, so like that's part of why still like I'm, I can't just be like crowning Jalen Hurts and being like, he's definitely the guy you got to build around him. I'm just, I'm not there yet. I'm not eager to settle for good enough. I've seen some people say like, oh, he can just be good enough. I'm not, that's not where I'm at. I'm the most, it's the most important position in sports. I'm not trying to rush to settle for good enough. I have a half baked, uh, half baked scenario for you. Okay. So <laughs> we sort of think we know, or we know, or we think we know, whatever you want to call it, that, uh, you know, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman want to run a pass heavy offense. Like that's just what their, that's what their preference is. And, as of right now, the Eagles are having success, you know, running the ball a lot. And we also know that, um, you know, Russell Wilson is, of course, uh, Howie Roseman's white whale, um, that he missed out on a decade ago. Um, so the Eagles were interested in trading for Russell Wilson. We know that the Seahawks are a team whose preference is to run the ball <laughs> and like <laughs> sort of run the style of offense that the Eagles are running this year. So, um, you know, again, like I said, this is kind of like a half-baked uh, sort of scenario in my head. Um, haven't written about it or anything like that and don't plan to. But, you know, if, you know, at the end of this season, if Hertz continues to play really well in this style of offense, you know, maybe the cost of, you know, the other draft picks that would have to surround him that go to Seattle diminish a little bit if he can prove that, you know, he can kind of keep up this level of performance uh, as the season progresses. What do you think about that? I know uh, you're going to like that one because you're a big Russ fan. Well, I mean, it kind of depends, though, too, if Pete Carroll is staying there, which it might not be if you're going to do a hard reset. <laughs> and he's the oldest coach in the NFL at 70. He'll be 71. <laughs> um, I think, you know, a lot of that running football stuff kind of comes from him. So, you know, it kind of depends. Like, is he going to be back or not? That's an interesting theory. Uh, I guess I don't have a ton to weigh in on it right now. Uh, 
yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Again, stock up game for Hertz. I think that's the bottom line. But yes. now for me, the next two things are like the next two things I want to see. I think before I'm ready to say like he's the guy. One, you got to stack games like this. You can't be like just, you know, here and there and one-offs. Like you have to put, you know, like a string of good performances together, especially against lesser competition like the Eagles are playing, number one. And then number two, like this isn't totally something Jalen Hurts can do, again, this season, because I'm guessing Dak Prescott's not going to play in week 18, which is a funny thing to say, uh, week 18. But like I go back to who is the best quarterback Jalen Hurts has gone up against and beaten? Is it Matt Ryan? Is it... Teddy Bridge, like I'm like, where's that signature win in like a big game against like like oh wow, Jalen Hurts outdueled the other quarterback. Like I still want to see that before I'm ready to say like he's the guy. It's Matt Ryan, by the way. Okay, <laughs> but like that's, that's the answer. But but yeah, really but, but, but your but your point, yeah, your your point is uh, is that he hasn't beaten you know another another team with a great quarterback, and mm-hmm. that's fair. All right. So the other thing from this game that I wanted to highlight, you already touched on it a little bit. Devontae Smith, man, I have it in my notes to me as you see Devontae. MF Smith. You can guess what MF stands for. Um, man, he's so awesome. He's just, he's just so good. Like, I don't even know what to say outside. Like, I don't know how to analyze this, uh, further than that. Then, like, I, I said it last week. I'll say it a billion times. I truly believe he would be posting even more monster numbers if the Eagles were, you know, a more pass heavy offense, which they're not. And that's fine right now. It's working for them, but, uh, he's great. I think you've said it before. I've said it like this guy. He's, he's honestly not being used enough. Like, t- like 10 targets a game has to, has to happen, has to happen. Like, why are we wasting a play on Jalen Rager on a jet sweep? No, like it's by the way, that happened in the Broncos game before Devontae Smith even got a target. Like, what are we doing? No, like get that out of here. Get the ball to Devontae Smith. Like, stop with this foofy nonsense to, to other players. Like, get the ball to Devontae. I don't care. That's the thing. Like the, the touchdown proves the point of like it doesn't matter if he's covered like i mean you don't want to force it to him all game long if he's getting blanketed i get that but like they're like they be aggressive in targeting him he's really freaking good he's not like a, a big bodied receiver that you'd expect to win contested catches he's just skilled he's just, like, he's, he's just good and like the coverage on that touchdown pass like patrick sertan was all over him yep. i don't know how he made like it's he was he was all over him all the way down the field, and then also he was able to get his arm in between yep. uh, both of Devontae Smith's hands, and he still made the catch anyway. Just like I mean, Nick Saban was smiling somewhere like on that throw, catch, and coverage, <laughs> like all Bama guys. So uh, yeah, like just he's he's he has what nine catches for like I think 180 something uh, and three touchdowns the last uh, two games, and it's on 12 targets total, 12. Like he, he can't be only throwing to this guy a half dozen times a game. Like he's producing, get him the ball. And like, if you're throwing to Goddard too, fine. Like he's your other really good player, sure. but those are the two guys that you really have to emphasize getting the ball to. And who cares? Like who cares if like you, they have their best cornerback on like, yeah. Devontae? So for example, like Marshawn Lattimore is going to follow Devontae Smith. Who cares? Just target him mm-hmm. far more than you know anyone else on the offense, especially if Goddard isn't going to play. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you there completely. I mean, you've been on that, uh, that train really the whole season in terms yeah. of giving, giving him more targets. And, um, like I'm only sort of jumping on that bandwagon more recently, but he has proven over the last, you know, at least like, you know, these last two games, I mean, he's, he's been excellent. I actually just got an interesting question. I just did my, um, my Eagles chat before we started recording here, by the way, we're recording on Thursday afternoon right now, it's 2.05. So if anything happens uh, that we missed, it's not our fault. Anyway, uh, the question was, 
rank these five receivers on who you would want long-term. All right. CD lamb, uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase, Cooper cup, Devonte Smith. That's interesting. Why is Cooper Cup in there? That's a different. <laughs> it doesn't. It's like a different. He's a little age. older than the other guys too. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's still young. He's still on his rookie contract. Like, I think, are you? Right? Yeah. So are you, are you considering contract in here too, or is this I, just they, talent? They probably can. They probably included him because he's you know leading the NFL in in receiving yards. I guess right. I don't know. But uh, but are you factoring the contract in here? Are you saying like no? Just, just who, who 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 which which players talent wise only would you? Oh man. Um, you, that's really would tough. You, would you rank one to five? I'll, I'll, I'll say them again for the, for the, just for the listeners. I know you okay. got it, but, uh, CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Devontae Smith, rank them one to five. I think I have to put Jefferson number one. I think he's just, cause I think he's really good and he's showing okay. it again this year. Like he is just, he's a beast. Um, really like Jeff, Justin Jefferson. I told you last year, like he's, I loved everything about his profile, like age, every, like athleticism, everything. He checked literally every box. Mm-hmm. It's insane that the Eagles drafted. Jalen Rager over him. Um, so I think I have to put him number one. Um, like Cup's really good, man. I think I'd, I'd probably put Cup at number two. He just like, he just produces. And I think the Rams before you've seen like how much when he's been out at times, like how much their offense, like it's just not the same when he's not there. Um, so I'm, I'll take him number two. Uh, who do I have left? I have Devante CD and who else? Oh, Jamar Chase. I'll probably put Devante at number three. Uh, I think he, the future is really bright for him, and I think he's great. Maybe I'm going to regret not even putting him at number two, but obviously I think he has to produce more. Um, I know Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase has fallen off a little bit recently. Like he, he obviously has, he's been dominant, and then he's had that stretch. So I'll put him at four, um, and then I'll put CD at five. So I like CD a lot, but like I think Devonte can be even better than him. Honestly, what about you? So my list is totally different than yours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because, like, I think a lot of people's lists will be totally different. Because well, you had also are... more time to think about this. Unfair. I'm going off. No, the spot, I, I, I did. Mine was on, mine was throwing my chat. I did do okay. it quickly too. Yeah, but, but I went. Like, yeah, but you have like a minute. I I can't. I don't have a minute of like dead air on a podcast <laughs> to think about that. I really don't have it. I got to keep typing. Right. Plop, bang, 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 bang. Anyway, it's uh, I went Jamar Chase one. Um, I mean, that guy's got like almost 900 yards already mm-hmm. so far this year. And he's cooled off a little bit recently. Um, you know, big yards per catch numbers too. I want CD number two because I just think he's more physically gifted as the jackass on a loud motorcycle goes by. Uh, three, Jefferson, for all the reasons you mentioned. Mm. I went four, Devontae, and five, uh, Cooper Cup. And it's weird to me to have a guy that already has like, like well over a thousand yards already this season. Yeah. It's last on that list. But I think just physically speaking, I don't think um, he belongs in this conversation. He's, it's he's not bu- right. Yeah. He's like sort of the oddball in, in, uh, in that. Like he has too much proven production. Like I, I was waiting yes. that in terms of like he's already proved he can do this. All right. Anyway. What is um, it? His fourth year this year, I think. Something like that. It's been a while. Uh, all right. Jimmy, a uh, big important question for you. Uh, well, first of all, any defensive takeaways before we get into my very important question for you from this? Yeah, game? I mean, they played well. Um, I thought Teddy Did Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought Teddy Bridgewater stunk. And um, I mean, you look at their their offensive line was missing three starters. So that doesn't help. This doesn't help like across the board passing game, run game. The Eagles didn't get a lot of pressure, really, I didn't think. I mean, they only had the one sack from Barnett, who continues to just be Super frustrating with the penalties uh, in this game. The roughing the passer call, which a lot of people argued with in real time. Um, he didn't get called for that, by the way, on the hit. It was more on him shoving Bridgewater into the ground after right. he was already on the ground. The broadcast, um, I don't really think, really showed that. So that's yeah. good. Uh, 
context for me there. <laughs> and then uh, uh, the offsides penalty, of course, um, you know, which he has a million of those. So um, anyway, I went off on a little Derek Barnett tangent, but I mean, they were fine. I mean, Slay made the huge play. Davion Taylor, two forced fumbles, which was, uh, you know, good to see. Like, if, I think this, a, a lot of what this season is about is, you know, getting these younger players that they've drafted in recent years to improve. And I think Davion Taylor was an example of that uh, in this game anyway, um, where he showed something and um, you know, that's all good. Uh, Broncos don't have a lot of firepower. Like I like Cortland Sutton as a receiver, but beyond him, you know, you're looking at guys like Tim Patrick. Like I think Jerry Judy's going to be good, but not, you know, he's, he's not there yet. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're happy with the way that they played compared to the way they played in other games this year. Um, I think the one takeaway that, um, you know, you mentioned earlier about all the team, all the quarterbacks thrown for, you know, over 80% uh, completion percentage or whatever. Um, they've, do- they've been really good against at least bad quarterbacks. So like they've dominated those guys and, you know, not every, not every team does that. So maybe there's something to be said for that. And really all they have left on their schedule is bad quarterbacks. So yeah, I think, uh, uh, you're, you like, you'll take what the defense gave you in that game pretty much every week if you're given the option, at least for the rest of this season. I think it looked a little bit better than they actually performed because like they had those drives where they're getting to the red zone and obviously, you know, getting red zone stops counts, but like, you know, uh, and then, uh, Fangio bailing them out. Like, because he kicked field goals from the three and four yard lines, which I think mm-hmm. is incredibly dumb. Both yeah. times when the Broncos were trailing, like a more aggressive coach probably finds a way to at least get some more points there. Like that was a gift. The Eagles performed well, but they also got helped by a bad head coach on the other side. Yeah. Uh, what I would say about the Eagles defense, Jimmy, remember the Kirk Cousins litmus test once upon a time? We had that here and it was like, are you a good team? Okay. Well, if you are, <laughs> you're going to be able to beat Kirk Cousins. And then if right. you're not, then you're not a good team. And we found that out about the 2019 Eagles, at least at the time, they were very much not a good team uh, when they played the Vikings and got blown out by Kirk Cousins. Well, that's kind of like what Jonathan Gannon is. Like he, It's like the Jonathan is, is like, are you, do you have a good quarterback? That if you do, then yes. Or, or if your def- if your offense succeeds, then yes, you do. Uh, and then if you don't, <laughs> like then that analogy, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of this. And looking at like, I, I broke this down into two categories. So I think, is it fair to say these are lesser quarterbacks in the NFL? Matt Ryan, Jimmy G, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, right? Like you can put them in that bucket. Four out of five. Like I, I still think Matt Ryan's okay. Eh. Okay. Yeah. Clearly, but not like, da- clearly downside of his career. Yeah. Uh, but I, whatever. I'm going to put them all in that same bucket there. 12 points per game allowed by the Eagles in those games. Better quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, 34.2 points per game. So it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a very big disparity there. Yeah. And like, okay, you get credit for beating the bad teams, but like at some point, if the goal is to win a championship, you have to have yeah. just like more answers than this. I'm not saying Jonathan Gannon should be expected to like shut out Dak Prescott or something, but like, can you make him not have like a career day like some of these guys are having? Like that should be the standard. Um, so that's you know, kind of my one thought. thing I will say in uh, Gannon's favor is like he came here with the reputation of getting the most out of his uh, defensive backs. And I think that we've seen at least at the cornerback position sure. that they've played better, like Slate has played better this year than he has last year. Um, the big one for me is Monte Maddox has played, you know, pretty well, uh, yeah. especially over the last few weeks. Um, 
when he looked terrible, frankly, in 2020 and, you know, lost his starting outside job, obviously didn't lose his job completely. He's moved into the slot, but, uh, you know, he, they've gotten good play out of their cornerbacks. So, um, I don't know how much Gannon has to do with that, but, um, it is maybe a check mark in his favor when he's taken a lot of heat and <laughs> rightfully so at times this year. I don't love the in-season extension as we've talked about before, because I think like the injury risk is bad there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would be talking to Maddox, obviously, sure. and trying to, you know, get a good gauge on what he's looking for and everything. So I think it makes sense to resign him and you might be able to get a better deal now than if he hits the market this offseason. But, um, last two things, or I guess one, one more thing, and then we can get into the next segment. Um, Jimmy, what is your opinion on the Eagles wearing black pants? <laughs> uh, I was lukewarm on it. Okay. Uh, I know. Going like, into the game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, or like after the game. No, uh, okay. I mean, I, my opinion wouldn't change. I mean, well, I think it's one thing to see it in the graphic, and another thing to see it, you know, oh, in person. God. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I was, I'm only talking about in person. So, like, I was lukewarm on them. They're fine. Like, I don't think they're ugly or anything like that. I prefer like the green pants mm. uh, on the road, but that's just me. Like, I like the black on black when they're at home. Like they played, you know, the saints last year. We'll probably see that again, maybe on Sunday. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it looked a little off to me. Like mm. it just looked a little weird because it's not like their primary color in any way. Like their primary color wasn't on their uniform really at all in that game. So I don't know. Some would say their primary color is white though. Cause the Eagle head is white. Not a lot of midnight green in that bad boy. Um, do you think it means anything that Jalen Hurts convinced Jeffrey Lurie apparently to do this? Like that's kind of like it's a little thing to me. It's like it's a, it's like mildly interesting at least. I think there's something mildly interesting to like it the, too. The quarterback is getting the ear of the owner and be like, "Hey, can we do this thing that we haven't done ever before?" Like I don't know. It's it's more than nothing. Well, the owner has always liked him. Like that's partially right. why they drafted him in the second round. It's because yeah. the owner liked him. So I think that. You know, whether he's like the long-term solution for the team or not, like, I don't think there's been really ever any debate whether Lurie liked him. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's not super surprising, but I do think it is sort of noteworthy that he did go to him and yeah. Lurie said, okay. Yeah. And there's he also, there. and then Hertz also hinted that something seems like there's going to be another different combination. Devante in a video. Oh, did they? I didn't see that. Uh, in the video, actually, that the Eagles released with Kevin Batulo, which is very funny, like him talking about the, the black and, or the white on black. Um, Devante had said, like, he wants to see green on green. So maybe mm. that's coming next. I, I mean, to me, like, why not? Like, you know, if it, if it do it once and then if it stinks, don't do it again. Like, it's, it's just a jersey <laughs> right. color. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's funny. We're even talking about it. It's, I don't know. It's fun. Try something I new. I don't mind an ugly jersey game. Like, you know, the, the, the remember the, the, blue. the, the yeah. yellow and the light of blue? Course. Like, they were horrible, but it was kind of yeah. a fun game to watch because well, of yeah, how they, bad they were. It was the Rams, right? They kicked the crap out of the Rams. Or yes. The, oh, yeah. They, they, get, they, like, it was a blowout win. I think was, they scored like the, 50 something. If I, if the I Kevin recall. Curtis game. I remember he had a huge That's game. Right. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get into our next segment, Jimmy. But before we do, I want to tell the listeners about, you already know what I'm going to say, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. So as I'm saying this, I'm actually typing in RighteousFelon.com in my browser, and I'm going to their site, and this is why. Because I want to tell you what they have there, if you haven't done this already. So you go to shop, 
And then you're going to see a bunch of options, meat snacks come up. They have a subscriptions category. If you like these snacks so much, you can actually subscribe and get discounts. They have gear as well, some cool gear. And then they also have artisan snacks, which is not just meat. So you should check that out too. If you are a listener who does not eat meat, you know, vegetarian, vegan, I think there are actually some vegan friendly options in there. So you should at the very least just check it out. Righteous felon. Dot com. You're going to want to use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. I actually got a bundle, Jimmy, last year. It was early on when the pandemic had just started. And I was like, I need a bunch of snacks because like, I don't know what this is. Like, I don't know what the world's going to look like here. Like, there's so much uncertainty. I, and obviously, like, I don't want to go out to the store or leave my house at all. So I got this big righteous felon bundle where they sent me a bunch of different kinds of jerkies to try and then all these non-meat snacks as well. And honestly, I think it had me stocked up for like three months or so. Like those snacks lasted me for a like long time. like the bomb shelter? Uh, something like that. So <laughs> uh, so that's an option for you. If you want to be set on snacks for like a couple months, just do something like that. And you can use yeah, If you have a big BGN family, if you got kids. Or a big family. Yeah. And then you're just set. So you use discount code BGN15 and you're getting a good discount on something like that. So give it a look. Give it a try. Uh, I think you will. I, I'm very confident, not just think. I'm very confident you will enjoy. So, rightsasalon.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Same discount code at wildnaturepet.com for off or 15% off dog treats. Jimmy. Back after. Oh, also Christmas stocking mm. stuffers. Yes. Back after. This. Or, 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 uh, or, uh, uh, Hanukkah or anything else. Yep. Thanksgiving. There you go. Have a little uh, jerky-like uh, display around the turkey. Anyway. Why not? <laughs> Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy. Eagles have to play the Saints this week. And hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get what? to that, because we, we skipped over one of the, your bullet points on segment one. Yeah. Uh, or is this where you were well, going was, with it? I was going to lead into that. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, go right ahead. My, my apologies for interrupting you as I do. It's a big matchup because I think, correct, let me know if you agree with this or not. I think if the Eagles make the playoffs, it totally depends on the scheme. Like if the Eagles beat the Saints on Sunday, they're going to make the playoffs. And if they lose, they're not. That's what it comes down to for me. So uh, I think the way that you reverse engineered that is the right way to put it. Like if they make the playoffs eventually, they will have won this game. Right. I don't think if they win this game, they're going to, they're, you know, like we can pencil, you know, you know, we can pencil them in for the playoffs. I think they have a lot more work. That's to what do I'm saying, that. Jimmy. I but think they win. They're going to the playoffs. You, really? Okay. See, I don't, I'm not that, I'm not there with you, but um, yeah. if they win, then they're certainly in a lot. They're, they're in a good spot to make the playoffs because you have all these other teams that are sort of like in competition for that seven seed in the Falcons and the Panthers, and then if you add the Saints to that mix, they'll have head-to-head wins uh, over all those teams. So, and like they're actually what they're one and three in the AFC. The Eagles are so their NFC record if they're in contention at the end of the year is going to be good. Also for tiebreaker purposes against other teams that they haven't played, um, and they're four and six. They go four and seven. Then that's a very big hole to climb out of. If they're five and six with this remaining schedule left, that's just, I mean, it's the third easiest schedule left 
um, in the NFL behind only the Titans and some other team in the AFC. I forget who it was. Um, but in context, it's actually even easier than what their schedule is on paper because you have this Saints team coming up that's playing freaking Trevor Simeon at quarterback. And then as you mentioned earlier, you have the possibility of the Cowboys uh, sitting starters week 18. I think a lot of people view that as like, like more likely than not that they'll be sitting starters week 18. I'm not so sure about that because like you have those four other teams in the NFC that, um, you know, are going to be in contention for uh first round by or just general um, seating. Like mm-hmm. if you're in the NFC and you're going to like, you're definitely going to win your, like if you're going to, if you're going to be a division winner in the NFC, you don't want to get the four seed because yeah. you're gonna have to play one of those other good teams. So you want to be yeah, at the least Rams the one. The Cardinals probably. Right. You want to be at least the one, two, or three seed. And ideally, you want to be the one, obviously, for the first round bye. So I think like teams that are like might normally sit their starters because they don't care if they're the two, two seed or the three seed or the four seed. It just doesn't matter that much because it's unlikely to be one of those seeds and get a home game late in the playoffs. Um, I think they're gonna care more this year about that. So anyway, we'll that's down the road. But um, mm-hmm. Uh, point being here is like they're, they're like their schedule is easy on paper, but when you also look at it more closely, it's even easier. They don't have to board a flight the rest of the year. They still yeah. have their buy upcoming in week 14. Yep. Like these are all like other intangible advantages. Like the New York Times has the Eagles as a, uh, like right now, I think it was 18% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, 538, I think, uh, 538.com had, had them as like 26% percent chance of making the playoffs see i think it's higher than certainly higher than 18 percent like where the new york times has them and i'd I'd also probably go over on 538 it was either 26 percent or 28 percent i would go over over either way uh on that one as well um right now i'd probably give them like a one and three shot making the playoffs right now if they win on sunday i'd say it's right around 50 or maybe even better Uh, but you're saying you're saying winning in huh I mean, obviously not mathematically, but I feel like I think that's I kind of just think it's going to trend that way. I think if the Eagles can beat the Saints team, because I and I'll I'll get to this in a bit. I don't think the Saints are a team that people should sleep on. I think it's easy to kind of want to do that because they've lost their last two. They have Trevor Simeon starting at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, Eagles are at home. But like, I don't know, man. Uh, We'll get into the prediction later. The the last couple of things I wanted to mention on the schedule in terms of advantages. so they have a week 14 bye before they're, as you mentioned, before they face the Washington football team in week 15. And then after that week 15 game, which is currently, I think, going to take place on the Saturday, if it does, they would have extra rest against the right. Giants in week 16. And they currently will have extra rest because uh, the Giants are playing on Monday night football game this week in Tampa. And the Eagles play them next weekend. So the Eagles will be playing the Giants on a short, potentially two games uh, with the Giants both on short rest. So like, there's some even more things in there um, with the Eagles having uh, some advantages down the stretch here. I uh, just wanted to mention that real quick. But let's get into the Saints, Jimmy. I think there's one obvious matchup uh, heading into this mm-hmm. game. And it's how did the Eagles stop Taysom Hill? Like, what do you do to, to do? <laughs> no, obviously that's not it. It's just a joke. Uh, the obvious matchup, just to see if Jimmy was paying attention there, I threw that in. Uh, and he is. So good job, Jimmy. Uh, it's the Eagles rushing offense against the Saints top ranked run defense, which I've seen a lot of people be like, well, the Eagles ran against it last year and they had success. And obviously that's true. Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders both went over 100. And it was kind of crazy because mm-hmm. the Saints had like that streak at the time of like this super long stretch where they hadn't allowed one 100-yard rusher and then right. they allowed two in the same game. 
Now, I think what I will say against that, though, is like, okay, that was also Jalen Hurts' first start in the NFL. So, like, you know, you didn't have NFL tape on him. I think, you know, there's been a lot more since then. And I think Dennis Allen has proven to be a good defensive coordinator at the very least. You look at how the Saints defenses have performed year over year in recent years, and they're always, like, towards the top of the league in DVOA and everything. Um, And I think, again – like the Eagles weren't in a stretch last year when they were going into that Saints game where like the the Saints knew what the Eagles identity was. Again, there was kind of more uncertainty. Now it's like, okay, everyone knows what the Eagles are going to do. So I feel like they're going to have more time to prepare for it. That doesn't mean they're going to do a better job at stopping it, but at the very least they're going to be able to go into this game being like, okay, we're going to try to take away the run. So can they do that? Their defense like is loaded with uh, good run defenders. I mean, obviously if they're number one, and but it's not it's not just defensive coordinator base. Like Tampa Bay, like Todd Bowles wants to shut down the run first and foremost. Jim Schwartz wanted to shut down the run first and foremost. It'd probably be said that probably say that about Dennis Allen too. But they also have like. I mean, they have really good run defending players like Shy Tuttle uh, is really good on the interior. Cameron Jordan is kind of almost like a Brandon Graham type of player um, in that he's so good in stopping the run. We all know how good Malcolm Jenkins is against the run. The other safety, Marcus Williams, is good. Demario Davis in the middle of the defense, also Beast. a very good run stuffer. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, even on the, like from the corner spot, like that's a guy who will stick his nose in there and make tough tackles. So, I mean, just across the board, they have a very good run defense. The one thing I will note about um, – what the saints have done against, you know, opposing rushing offenses is you look at the last three. I mean, they've only played three teams this year and last year combined that had, you know, anything that close to what you would consider like a good running quarterback. Jalen hurts, of course, last year, Patrick Mahomes uh, last year and the giants this year with Daniel Jones, who isn't often thought of as a running quarterback, but he is, but he is, Um, So uh, all three of those teams had success against the Saints in the run game. Uh, Chiefs ran for like 180, something like that, uh, last year against them. Um, You know, over four yards per carry. Giants uh, also ran for over four yards per carry against them earlier this year. They didn't run it as much as the Eagles and the Chiefs did. Like, I think they only had like 80, 90 yards rushing, 80 or 90 rushing yards total uh, in in their game against the Saints. And all three of those teams won their games uh, against the Saints. So, um, I don't know if there's something to be said for that or not, but, um, you know, certainly the Eagles like look like they could run the ball against this team really successful. I know a lot of those yards came on a late first half drive. Like, do you remember that game last year where like it was a, it was there in hurry up mode and, yeah. um, the Saints were playing sort of a soft shell defense, like to close that half. And Hurts just kept like running it right down the middle of the field. And it was yeah. actually one of his more impressive drives of his career. Um, and is, you know, especially impressive for his first start ever. Um, and then Jake Elliott blew the cake. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. He's been good, by the way. We should probably mention yes. him very quickly. He's what, like 25 of 27 or something like that, I think. Career numbers. I, I posted this. I posted, I put him in my winners uh, and losers. I don't okay. know column. I put him in the winners at the very bottom. I was like, yeah, no one's really talked about how Jake Elliott's having like quietly a career year. Best <laughs> right. Mark hasn't missed an extra point. Knock on wood. Obviously, I'm probably jinxing him now, but uh, <laughs> so far, so good from him. And obviously, we talked about how he had a really good training camp outside of that one yeah. bad practice. So, so yeah, great. Good to see. Yeah. And, you know, kickers only get. No, I mean, like, I mean, you make a kick like he did against the Giants week three of their Super Bowl year. Of course, like people are going to remember that. But um, otherwise, like you're either like a goat as in like the bad version of the goat or you just don't get mm-hmm. talked about. So, we sh- yeah, it, we should yeah. mention the kind of season that he's having here. But anyway, getting back to I think the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball against them. Okay. Um, and um, 
I mean, the other matchup, I think on that side of the ball anyway, is, and I mentioned it earlier, is Marshawn Lattimore is probably going to follow Devontae Smith all over the field because why, what else, I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, if you're the Saints, the Eagles have one receiver that's really a, a dangerous threat to beat you. And, you know, their clear best cornerback, uh, is Lattimore. So it'd be crazy for me, for them not to, you know, get him matched up on, on him, like throughout the game. Um, do you have any, uh, matchups on the other side of the ball that interest you? Well, I want to stay with the running back thing for a bit. I want to, okay. um, uh, I do almost want to see what happens. Not like, obviously, ideally, I do want to see the Eagles run game work and then, you know, like clobber the Saints. But I, I'm curious to see if it doesn't and the Saints are able to kind of stop it. Like, cause no one has been able to recently. Like, what do the Eagles do from there? Like, cause eventually it feels like that's going to have to happen. Like, they're, they're not going to go through every single game the rest of the season always being able to run it this effectively, right? Like, they're not, are, like, do you feel like they're just going to go to the Super Bowl and like they're just going to do that? They're just going to win every week and just keep running the football. Like at some point here, Jalen Hurts is going to be in a put in a position where he's going to have to, you know, do more with his arm. So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, if that could be this week. We'll see. Um, we should mention the return of Miles too. Yeah, that's what I want to get on next. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, like so, how should the Eagles handle the running back carries, Jimmy? Because that's the big question. If slash when Miles Sanders returns, it seems like he's going to return. He's he's activation is practice window or return to whatever practice it's 21 day practice window, whatever you want to call it was activated. <laughs> and it seems like he's trending in a way where he's going to play not official yet. Of course, as we sit here on Thursday, but looking positive for his chances, what would you do? Um, and I'll preface that by saying like, or no, I'll just ask you straight up. I'm not going to preface it. Uh, what would you do if you were the Eagles? How would you handle Miles Sanders? Well, my annoyance with the NFL, by the way, is that they, teams don't have to list those guys on their injury report. Uh-huh. So meaning they don't have to say like what their level of participation was in practice. So he doesn't appear. Not yeah, yeah, he doesn't appear on their injury report because he's still technically on injured reserve. So like I find that annoying. So we don't get this, like the we don't get these like you know day to day updates on you know the likelihood of him playing. The NFL should fix that, by the way, because like. You know, like, yeah. th- like a big part of the, what people like about the league is playing mm-hmm. fantasy football and all that kind of crap. And, you know, if you're a Miles Sanders owner, like, you want to know, like, you know, if, is he likely to play or not? So that's mm-hmm. something they should fix this offseason for a fan. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. So like the argument that I've heard about, um, and I think this is logical is that, you know, do you, are, do you want to, Put and first of all, Nick Sirianni already said that like when Miles Sanders is healthy, he's the running back one. Like he's their starting yep. running back. The pushback against that is that the Jordan Howard's running style is working right now. Like he doesn't leave meat on the bone. And you mentioned this, I think, during the last podcast. Like he's putting the Eagles in, you know, favorable or you know maybe well maybe better stated, manageable them on schedule. Yeah, yeah ma- manageable second and third downs. And he's making life easier for Jalen Hurts on second and third down to, you know, move the chains, keep drives moving, put points on the board. Whereas Miles Sanders, you know, very clearly a more talented, more explosive running back, but he tends to put the Eagles, you know, sort of not on schedule with, you know, his style of running. Like he's going to break off longer, more long runs than a guy like Jordan Howard, but he's also going to leave meat on the bone. And, you know, on Jordan Howard might put you in like a second and five where Miles Sanders, you know, he might gain 20 on a similar play, but he also might only gain two. And then, you know, you're kind of 
not in a great situation when you're in second and eight and second and nine or, or third and five, third and six than you would be on third and one, third and two, et cetera. So um, I think there is some logic in, you know, being fearful of what a Miles Sanders return to the offense looks like because it has worked the last three weeks uh, with, with Jordan Howard and, um, and Boston Scott and, and the rotation that they've used. So um, it's going to be like a pressure game and really kind of a pressure like rest of the season uh, for Miles Sanders to perform because a bar, whatever bar, whatever bar you want to call it, a, there is a bar that has now been set by Jordan Howard and Miles and Boston Scott. And these are not superstar running backs. So like, if he can't clear the bar of these two players, then it doesn't look great for his outlook, you know, career-wise going forward. So, you know, I think there there is some level of intrigue on, you know, how he's used and how he plays in whatever role that he's in when he does return to the lineup. And also uh, not necessarily the best matchup for him to return with a, a tough <laughs> Exactly, yeah. It's like, because how much, because <laughs> then you're going to parse through, like, okay, how much of this is Miles Sanders <laughs> and how much of this is just the Saints run defense is really good if he's right. not playing and, and, well. Yeah, those other guys are playing like the Lions and the Chargers. Right. Um, obviously, if the other backs have more success, then that would be telling. But I think the approach is to treat Miles Sanders like he is still the lead guy and give him a good amount of work earlier on, assuming he's fully healthy, too. Like, honestly... I wouldn't be in a rush to play him this week. I would be like extra cautious coming off of this ankle injury and just give him, you know, like extra time and play it extra safe because why rush when Boston Scott and Jordan Howard are averaging 5.1 yards per carry each? Uh, obviously, Miles Sanders wasn't having a bad season himself before the injury he was at 4.8. So I would, the way I would approach it is I would go with Miles Sanders as the lead guy, not the only guy. I mean, you can't just take Boston Scott and Jordan Howard out of the rotation entirely. Like that would be crazy to me. Kenny Gainwell is probably going to have to, you know, fall by the wayside mm-hmm. here and just not get any touches. I'm guessing uh, with Sanders back, but I would, I would ride with Sanders as the main guy and I would see how it goes. And if he's not like, if it's not there, then I'm introducing more Jordan Howard. I am putting Boston Scott in there more often. I would, I would kind of test it out. Give, Miles Sanders a shot to see how things look with, you know, the Eagles being co- more committed to the run and how he does with that. But I guess I'm, what I'm saying is I wouldn't have a long leash on him. I would have a short leash depending on the results and what happens. See, I think Kenny will still get the same snaps that he, that he's been getting at least the last three, cause they're using him sort of as a wide receiver too. I think it'll be uh, Boston Scott. That'll probably be the guy that suffers the most uh, from Sanders return. <laughs> that's stupid though. <laughs> like, but I, think, he's I, been think, good. I think that's what's going to happen though. Hmm. All right. Uh, elsewhere in this matchup, uh, I guess flipping over to the defense here, the Saints are having some offensive line issues uh, on their Wednesday injury report, and we'll see how this goes on uh, Thursday. But uh, both of their starting offensive tackles, Teron Armstead, who missed last week's game and missed some action earlier in the year, dealing with what, like a knee and a shoulder issue, so multiple injuries. Um, he missed practice on Wednesday, not a great sign, seemingly. And then Ryan Ramchick, who I believe hasn't even missed a snap this year, um, seems like the Saints might be just kind of taking it easy on him. But still, uh, not great that your starting offensive tackles aren't there, uh, especially protecting a quarterback in Trevor, Trevor Simeon who isn't necessarily the most elusive guy. Um, where are the weak points of this Saints offensive line that you see? Yeah, well, you mentioned that, I mean, those two tackles are, like, that's an elite duo, those two guys, Armstead and, and Ramshack. Um Josh Sweat had his best game of his career last year against the Saints. True. And, um, I mean, he looked, he made Armstead look bad on a, on two of his, uh, on two of his pass rushes. 
I know he had a forced fumble in that game. I think that was against a tight end. But there's one play where I mean, he, like he was really impressive against uh, against Armstead. So first of all, just like Saints offensive line aside, can we get him? Can we get Josh Sweat the Derek Barnett snaps? And make Derek Barnett be like the out of position guy. Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me because Barnett gives you nothing on as the right defensive end, uh, going, you know, get, getting those favorable matchups, like on one on one on the edge. Put Josh Sweat in those situations, a guy who can actually get to the quarterback, whereas Barnett, like, is going to wind up costing you more plays than, than plays that he makes. Anyway, that aside, uh, James Hurst would be the guy that would fill in for, well, James Hurst will, will play regardless. Uh, because the Saints are also without, uh, Andrews Pete, who's, uh, out for the season with a torn pectoral. He's their starting left guard. So if Armstead, if Armstead plays, uh, Hurst will play left guard. If Armstead doesn't play, it'll be Hurst at left tackle and Bo Wolf favorite, um, Calvin Throckmorton. Never heard uh, of him. At, uh, <laughs> at, uh, I think that's a Bo Wolf favorite, uh, at left guard. Um, anyway, um, yeah, they're, so for like the third or fourth straight game, they're facing a, a team that has some uh, offensive line issues. Can they capitalize? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they hit the quarterback zero times. So it's kind of a mixed bag on uh, you know what you're going to get out of the uh, Eagles defensive line. The the one thing that I look at when I look at this Saints offense is just like it's not, I mean obviously Drew Brees is gone, but even beyond that like they don't have the same skill position player power that they had in previous years. Obviously, Michael Thomas is done for the season. He got hurt last year, uh, had um, off-season ankle surgery, had a, um, I guess, a setback on that during this season. Um, and he just decided to sort of shut himself down for the rest of the year. So he's out. Um, Kamara uh, missed the last game. He was a limited participant in practice heading into this game. So that's huge if he can't go, but it looks like he probably will. But then the receivers... Are it's uh, Deontay Harris is their is their leading receiver. Uh, Marquez Callaway uh, out of Tennessee. He was I think like a fifth or sixth round draft pick. He's been a pleasant surprise for them, but obviously not scary in terms of starting NFL receivers. And then uh, their third guy is Traquan Smith, who actually had a huge game against the Eagles a couple years ago. Hasn't done anything otherwise. But those are their top three receivers. So those those top three receivers combined have like eight hundred ninety something receiving yards total. Like guys like, uh, you know, Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup have like, you know, more receiving yards on their own. So this is not like the, the Saints offense, like the explosive Saints offense that we've, you know, gotten used to seeing over the last decade or so. I don't think these Saints receivers are like scary, uh, on their own, but I think they are capable of doing, like, they're capable of making some big plays, at mm-hmm. least anecdotally. Like, I'll be watching Red Zone and I'll be like seeing Saints receivers like making these big plays. Not like, again, obviously with, great consistency if the numbers aren't there but like i don't think they're total bums who are like or aren't capable of doing anything like they i think they have some capability um but let's talk about the quarterback a little bit here yep trevor simeon jimmy uh as a starter so i'm not including the numbers from when he had to come into the bucks game just when he's had a full week you know to prepare as a starter uh 58.7 completion not great mm-hmm. um but Four, 547 yards he's averaging 7.3 yards per attempt which is which is good especially for a backup four touchdowns zero interceptions he's a 99.1 passer rating and it's not about like trevor trevor simeon doesn't scare me at all and obviously he fits in that bucket that we talked about of the two buckets lesser than better quarterbacks 
I will say though, the Sean Payton like bump, if you could add that on to a quarterback, it's like, it's significant because you look at the way that Jameis was playing, which wasn't amazing, but still like better than you would probably expect. And Trevor Simeon probably playing better than anyone would have expected him to right now. Like that part of it scares me. Um, I, I think this season is kind of speaking to how good of a coach Sean Payton is. And I hate to say that because I don't like the guy, but like just uh, saying it for what it is, I think he's a really, really good head coach. And you kind of mentioned it earlier about like, kind of somewhat of a rivalry game. I think Sean Payton, and you know this, and we know this, he, I think he likes to stick it to the Eagles. Yeah. I think he does not like the Eagles very much. So that kind of worries me too about this matchup. Like this is a matchup, you know, the Saints have lost two games and the Eagles come to town and it's Malcolm Jenkins' first game back in Philly with fans in the stands. So kind of like the real first game back. And then the Eagles lost to the Saints last year, as I'm sure they have not forgotten. Um I don't know. It's all that makes me a little bit nervous, I guess. I, I just think Peyton's a really good head coach, and, and Simeon doesn't scare me. And I guess this Eagles defense should be able to take care of him. But if there is a bad quarterback who might be able to beat the Eagles, I think it, it could be this guy. Yeah, I mean, Sean Payton used to do laps around Lincoln Financial Field with the team buses after beating, <laughs> after they beat the Eagles. Psycho. So you're 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 absolutely right. Like, he seems to want to stick it to the Eagles. And then their players even, like, you know, the Eagles started doing that yeah. – um, that, that, um, the mask, the, uh, yeah. the the ski mask, like after they get like turnovers or whatever, and the Saints are like, oh, well, we did that first, you big jerks, you stole our ski mask thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then like they were bitching about, um, you know, if they if they hadn't if they hadn't you know totally blew the game against the Vikings yeah, in Minnesota, <laughs> then they would have beaten the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Not only beaten them, but like beat the crap out of like, them. Like there's too. nothing more pathetic that you can say than yeah. something like that. Well, maybe you should have just beat the team that, you know, was in <laughs> yeah. your way to get to the, the Eagles yeah. game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a little extra, you know, yeah. interconference rivalry here than, uh, there is against a lot of the other NFC teams that, uh, you know, the Eagles play. Um, intra-conference rivalry. Yes. Right? Yes. My, my apologies. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this 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 team is probably would you call it like their biggest rival outside of the uh, NFC East? Yeah, I think I would. Um, who else would it be? Uh, I don't think the Patriots are rivals. Like no. you know, no. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, everyone hates the Patriots, so that doesn't count. I think it's, I think <laughs> exactly. it is the Saints. Uh, yeah. So one thing on Simeon, real quick, uh, before we move on, like, and you, you mentioned James Winston too, like. These, I mean, Simeon has zero interceptions. Winston has, I think, what three or four before he got hurt, which is it's a really low good number for him. And he had like thirty, <laughs> like I think the last, yeah. you know, the last time he was a full time starter. So, I mean, they've done that, like, and that's clearly part of the design of of their offense this year is to just not make big mistakes and uh, let their defense win games for them, which they do some weeks. And I mean, it's been like a really inconsistent team. Like they yeah. have two really good wins. Like they smoked. <laughs> The Packers week one, and then they beat, uh, as you mentioned, the, the Buccaneers the Bucks, and, yeah. in, in the game that Winston tore his ACL. So um, they also have some really bad losses. Like they lost to the Giants um, mm. yeah, off the top of my head. In New Orleans. And there, there's another one or two bad losses in there too. So like you don't know what you're going to get from this team from, from the week Panthers. Week. I think Panthers, you okay. the Panthers, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Panthers kind of smoked them too, didn't they? Like, yeah, with Darnold too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from this team from, from week to week. Uh, but Simeon is like, he's a quarterback that it seems like to, you know, the priority seems to be to him not to blow the game. Um, mm-hmm. and the other thing I'll note about him too is I don't remember exactly what his, uh, snap to throw was, 
but it was high. Like Jameis Winston was actually actually had the second highest in the NFL at 3.03 seconds from snap to throw. And uh, Simeon was not quite that long. But it was like 2.8 something. 2.8 like something, yeah. So it was in the top 10 in terms of longest from snap to throw. So he's not one of these guys that just gets the ball and gets it out quickly. You can get pressure on him. And um, it's kind of weird that he does hang on to the ball that long and hasn't turned it over at all because you know pressure leads to interceptions, blah, 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 blah. So uh, it's kind of imperative that the Eagles get, do get pressure on him because you don't want to have him sit back there. By the way, Deontay... Um, Harris is a uh, sort of an oddball player. I mentioned him a minute ago. He's sort of an oddball player. He's like five, six, like 170 pounds or something like that. Um, absolute water bug. So, um, you know, you're not going to formulate your game plan around him, but, um, you, you know, I wonder what kind of defense the Eagles will play against the Saints here. If they'll go with sort of that soft shell again, uh, cause you did mention like they do make big plays down the field. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Gannon, uh, you know, if he gets more aggressive in this game, like he did against the Broncos or if he kind of reverts back to what we saw uh, in some of the other games this year where, you know, they frustratingly gave up, you know, just stuff underneath all day. So the last thing I'll say about this to put a bow on the defense thing is like, again, Simeon fits in that less group of lesser quarterbacks. And I said this with a bump already with Peyton, but like how does Ginn do against like one of the best head coaches in the NFL, one of the best offensive mm-hmm. minds? That's, I guess, where I'm kind of thinking that's where my mind is at. Uh, last thing I'll mention real quickly on the Saints is they actually have the number one special teams graded unit by PFF. Now they only rank 16 hmm. by DVOA, but I think they do have a blocked uh, kick and a blocked punt this season. So maybe that's just luck. I don't know. Maybe they actually do have a good special teams unit. Harris too is a good returner. There you go. So, you know, just something to also have on the radar, I would say. Uh, anything else in the Saints, Jimmy, before we take a break? No, let's uh, move on to segment three. Okay. But first... If you're looking to buy or sell a home, call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295. I'll repeat that, 856-906-9295. Or go to roachrealtors.com, voted by the World um, uh, Football League. Um, (laughs) Football wasn't part of that. (laughs) The World Realtor League uh, of Nations and Universe uh, realtor association as the best realtor in the history of the world. Uh, again, that is Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors. Brandon, back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. She's the greatest. Eight five six nine oh six. Nine two nine five Back here on BGN Radio for our final segment, Jimmy. It's time for our NFL picks against the spread. <laughs> okay. Um reading out the records here that no one cares about. Uh I've been doing it terribly recently. I'm only one game above five hundred now. I'm twenty six and twenty five. You are twenty and thirty one, so I'm still doing better than you. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Uh good you Lord. Are six, twenty six and, and thirty one. Yeah, really bad. Um you are six and four and Eagles pick straight up, and I'm seven and three because I had them beating oh, the Broncos. Okay. Um so I'm back on top there. 
Let's get into our picks this week. We have six games to talk about, starting with the Indianapolis football Colts at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are seven-point favorites at home. I am going to take the Bills to cover and win because the Bills' defense, I think, is pretty good. They are specifically good at stopping the run. I think they're like third in terms of yards, uh, opponent yards per rushing attempt. And Carson Wentz is getting a lot of credit undeserved in my opinion when jonathan taylor as we've talked about is really kind of the real driving force jonathan taylor leads the league in yards from scrimmage it's him it's not carson (laughs) wentz so i think the colts have two wins recently over two bad teams and the jets and the jags they didn't even look that good in the jags game and i think the bills are kind of finding their stride after that loss to the jags they bounced back last week i'm gonna take the bills to win what about you wentz did it again by the way that left-handed throw did you see that I didn't see it, but I saw, I was reading Stampede Blue, our SB Nation Colts blog, uh-huh. and I saw like they're starting to get a little frustrated over there <laughs> by some of the stupid stuff that Carson Wentz does. Yeah. I mean, we're, so just to be clear, he threw the left-handed pass that got, uh, you know, from his own end zone, they got picked up. What game was, oh, Tennessee. Titans Ten- game. Titans game. Uh, big game. Yeah. Titans win that game. Uh, part, but it was a good smart play by Wentz on that because he, if he <laughs> right. took the thing, anyway, uh, but he did it again. He did it. He did it again. He's the same guy that he was last same year. Guy. And, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, big game last week against the Jaguars went for over a hundred again. And whenever he does that and the Colts win, as you said, everyone goes, Carson Wentz is back, baby. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the bills are too much. Um, Bills are actually third in the NFL in yards allowed per game and yards per carry allowed. Oh, I'm sorry. I said that already. Um, I was trying to think of what I was going to say about that game. Uh, You're taking the Bills. My my apologies. Uh, I'll take the Bills. I'll take the Colts to cover, though. I don't think it's going to be a a runaway by the Bills. So, yeah, I'll take the Colts to cover, Bills to win the game. Next game. Okay. Next game is the Dolphins. The the Dolphins who freaking beat the Ravens. The freaking – I can't believe – like, what are you doing? Lamar Jackson, last week, I said this on the SB Nation NFL show, but Lamar Jackson, I'm hearing like all this talk, and I think Lamar's been good this season, don't get me wrong, but like people were talking about last week, like unquestioned MVP. It's like like Lamar. That's up 10 freaking points against this Dolphins defense, which is not even really that good. Um, Yeah. So, and it's, it's annoying because it hurts the Eagles in a big way. Like it takes the Eagles out of the, any chance of getting the number one pick, which they probably weren't going to get anyway, but still right. like now it's done. Yeah, it's definitely it. not going to happen. And obviously it, it dropped them out of the top five at the time. And I think they're back now at fifth, but at the time it dropped them down to six. So, uh, they're at the New York Jets, Jimmy, who are starting Joe Flacco, which is great news for the Eagles in multiple ways. Number one, because as I know, you have a Joe Flacco, Flacco pick tracker going. Uh, if Joe Flacco plays more than 50% of the snaps in four games this year for the Jets, then the Eagles get a fifth round pick from the Jets instead of a sixth round pick in 2022. So now, presumably, if he doesn't get hurt, going to be a quarter of the way there. I think it also helps from a standpoint of he's probably the best Jets quarterback on their roster right now, just in terms of like the floor he offers. I would argue his floor is higher than what Zach Wilson and Mike White are going to give you right now. I don't know about the ceiling. Um, so I think like there's a chance maybe he helps the Jets beat the Dolphins. And if they do, that would obviously help the Eagles from making the Dolphins pick uh, more favorable to Philly. And then, then the other thing I would say is like, make sure you're really ro- rooting for Joe Flacco. I think there's a chance if Flacco plays well, they'll keep playing him because right now, to me, the Jets have like the worst point differential in the league and they've been terrible. And it doesn't make sense to not play Zach Wilson, but I think like, 
from a coaching staff perspective, if the coaches have the say, like they, they don't care about the long term. They want to win now. And especially like my point is when they're getting beat this bad, I think they want to win now. So if Joe Flacco's playing like really well, I don't think they're going to be super quick to bench him. They should in terms of what's best for them, but I think the Jets make dumb decisions and I think they might keep him in there. So I'm going to take the Jets. I'm going to ride with Joe Flacco. I'm going to say he's going to be able to beat the Dolphins. So I still think still, uh, stink a lot. And I mean, I'm getting points here too. I'm getting three and a half points. So why not? So uh, your point is good there about, um, you know, them wanting to win games and and turn it around a little bit because their point differential is so bad. Like Robert, Robert Sala is starting, is starting to get some heat from like Jets. I have a lot of Jets fan friends from college yeah. or whatever. So like I see them bitching about it on Facebook or whatever. <laughs> like, but he's, like it seems anecdotally, it seems like he's uh, he's starting to get some heat uh, from mm-hmm. from Jets fans. Um, I will respectfully disagree, however, that mm. him starting is good for the Eagles because Why? when I watched, uh, Joe Flacco's games, uh, earlier this offseason after they signed him, his performance against the Dolphins last year was the worst quarterback performance that I saw in all of 2020. And which is saying something considering what we watched from Eagles quarterbacks in 2020, just covering the team. Um, he was horrendous. Because what the Dolphins did was essentially what they did to Lamar Jackson uh, last week. They just blitzed the living crap out of him. And he couldn't do anything. Like, he was just shell-shocked. There, he had some, like, really comical plays in that, that game yeah. where, like, he kept dropping back. Like, you remember the uh, the uh, the little video that you had? A video game video of Nick Foles where he just drops oh, yeah. back and keeps going back and back and back <laughs> and back. It's a back. deep cut. It, yeah. That's on my Instagram, <laughs> at Brandon Gallon. If anyone wants to like go back into like the, the annals of my Instagram and like it's one of the first posts I have. It, it looked there was a play that looked a lot like that where he just kept running backwards. It, it was different in that like Foles, you had him dropping back and just fading back and fading backwards. <laughs> he was getting pressured and he was literally running away from defenders going backwards. He was like a loss of like twenty five or thirty or something like that. It was just a really embarrassing play. He threw some terrible passes in that in that game because of the pressure that he was getting or like the perceived pressure that he was getting. Like what the Dolphins really do well is they bring so many players sometimes. That they get it into your head that you're like, you know, you, you don't know who's coming and from what angle or whatever. It's so weird that they were this bad this year because I think their defense like should have, you know, won them some games just because of their style of play. I mean, some team, some quarterbacks are going to absolutely shred that style of defense, but others can't. I think Flacco falls into the category of can't. I think it's going to be a really mm-hmm. ugly game for him. And ultimately what matters more for the Eagles is that Miami pick being as high as possible. And I don't know that I agree that Flacco gives him gives them the best chance uh, to win this game. I'll say it like this: I think they were better. I think the Eagles would be better off if Mike White just wasn't horrible against the Patriots last week. Because the reason Flacco's playing is because Mike White, you know, he threw four picks versus no touchdown. I mean, they got they they got their you know blown out. Mm-hmm. What was the score of that game? I don't remember. It was some, I mean, they just got torn apart by the Patriots. The Patriots do that to a lot of inexperienced quarterbacks. Um, but I think, you know, the Eagles have been better off if they still got like the, uh, we're optimistic about Mike White, Mike White, as mm-hmm. opposed to Joe Flacco playing in this game. Cause I think it's going to be ugly. I think the Dolphins are going to blow them out. So, I mean, give me the Dolphins and I'll lay whatever it is. What, what was it here? Three and a half? Three and a half. I'll lay the three and a half gladly. I think this is like well, my pick. This is my pick of the year. They're going to absolutely okay. destroy Joe Flacco in this game. 
All right, so you're going to look like a fool when you're wrong. Then. Um, <laughs> South Jersey Joe is going to go uh, and, and take down the Dolphins. Um, and the Eagles will be one close step or, uh, one step closer to a fifth-round pick instead of a sixth-round pick. I'm guessing, by the way, this is really minutia here, but you know how they – so the, the Jets have two sixth-round picks. They have the one from the Bucks, and they have the one from right. San Francisco, and the Eagles will get the, the least favorable, right, of those two. This was my scoop, like, by the way, yeah. Mr. Galton. Uh, well – but you did not report what happens if the Eagles get the fifth, which is what I want to know. I'm guessing it's the same thing. I'm guessing because they have two fifths. The, the Jets have their own fifth round pick, which would be very high. Oh, I don't know round. the answer to that. Then. And then they also have yeah. the Steelers' fifth round pick. So I'm guessing I'm, it makes logical sense that we, they would also get the least favorable from that round, which is probably, you know, the Steelers' pick. Um, anyway, no one, it doesn't really matter. I'll try to all. get an answer on that after we're done okay. recording. <laughs> yeah, because they have two fifths. That's what I was, because it would yeah. be weird, like, if it was, if it went from, like, the Bucks pick, which is, like, incredibly late in the sixth round, probably, right. to, like, incredibly high in the fifth round. Like, that would be, that'd right, be a big right. deal. It's a huge swing. Um, anyway, football team at the Panthers. Ron Rivera returns to Carolina for the first time. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Panthers here. Um, okay. I know the football team is coming off a big win. Still don't really trust that defense. Chase Young is out now. Um, uh, I think there is something to, uh, Cam being back in Carolina for his first game and like that place is going to have some energy. And I don't believe in Cam anymore. I think he's like he's, his arm is shot. There's a reason why the Patriots cut him and then why no one picked him up. Um, didn't really like what I saw from him when we watched him in training camp this year. Yeah. Uh, and those joint practices. So I, I don't believe in him a ton, but the uh, Panthers defense is solid and. Uh, I think Cam gives them a little bit more competency, at least because of his rushing ability and everything, than Darnold mm-hmm. did. So I will take the Panthers here uh, in a big, like, emotional return to Carolina for Cam. What about you? I have the Washington football team winning this game outright. I have. Wow. Uh, and it's because I think their defense is playing a lot better. I mean, their defense is horrible uh, earlier yeah. this season. I mean, they were, I think they were, for most of the season, only behind the Chiefs in terms of uh, most points allowed. But the last three weeks um, against Aaron Rodgers gave up 24 points, 304 yards. Uh, the next week after um, after that uh, in Denver uh, gave up 17 points, 273 yards, which is very good. And then this past week against the Buccaneers gave up 19 points, 273 yards. So they have three consecutive performances. You make the point, of course, Chase Young is gone. He's their best defensive player, in my opinion. Um, but, as a unit, I think they're playing better. And I just don't think this Panthers team is good at all. Like, I think they're like, I think they're, I mean, we saw what they look like when, when the Eagles played them. The Eagles got a, you know, I don't want to call it a lucky win, but they certainly had some fortunate moments in that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's just a team that I don't think is, is, you know, very good at all. And I think this Washington team is starting to play a little bit more like what we expected from them heading into this season. Uh, so yeah, they're sort of like one of my sleepers. Uh, heading down okay. the stretch here. Then we'll move on to the Cowboys, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are two and a half point home favorites. The Chiefs are back, Jimmy. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's yeah. great now. Uh, this is a really interesting game. We talked about this on the NFC East mixtape, obviously with RJ Ochoa, which you can listen to here on the Bleeding Green, Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. It was a really good episode. We talked about our favorite Christmas cookies and snacks and songs too. So maybe we'll have to get into that at some point, Jimmy. Um, but closer to the holidays. Uh, we got to really tease it out and, you know, like, you know, make the listeners wait for that kind of good stuff. Uh, I am going to take the Cowboys in this one. I don't fully buy that the Chiefs are necessarily back just because they win one game. They've had a lot of inconsistencies. 
Uh, also, I don't mind being wrong about this, obviously. Uh, I will take the Cowboys like and live with it if I'm wrong about it. Um, but I do think the Cowboys are the better team right now, obviously. Um, the Cowboys bounce back in a big way you know, by housing the Falcons after losing to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dallas is going to be able to take advantage of that offense of a not reliable, trustworthy Chiefs defense, even though Chiefs defense has obviously played a little bit better the past two weeks. Um, so, yeah, give me the Cowboys, especially because they're getting points. Yeah, I have the Cowboys winning outright, too. Um, they beat the, the – as you mentioned, they – they. I mean, the Raiders team – I mean, you look at the Raiders. I mean, it's just there's – there, there's no more distracted team in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> like already, already close to what they've gone through this season. So, uh, I think that started to really finally catch up with them. Um, and hence the blowout loss to the Chiefs last week. Chiefs are one game removed from, you know, playing an Aaron Rodgers list Packers and they won what 13 to seven in that game. So I don't think I'm, I'm not buying that their offense is, is completely back, uh, just yet. And, you know, I mean, you look at what the Cowboys have done this year versus what the Chiefs have done this year. The Cowboys have not only been better, but they've been more consistent. You know, that one weird blowout loss to the Broncos aside, Chiefs or excuse me, uh, Cowboys—they're just a better team. And uh, if like if you're a betting man, like this is like the exact kind of game that like I think is like ideal to bet. You bet the Cowboys; it feels dirty, and if they if they win. Then right. you you get the points with it too. So yeah. If they win, you win money. If they mm-hmm. lose, hey, at least the Cowboys lost. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Jimmy likes to bet on the Cowboys. <laughs> he, you heard it here first. Uh, I I really do. Like it's not a troll when I say I I really have this bad feeling deep down. The Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> I I it's not like I'm not I'm not trying to be like you know concern trolley or whatever like it's just i really feel that way and it sucks i hate it but i don't i don't know what i'm supposed to do with it other they than they do have a vibe it. about them you know and sorry to cut you off. they do have a like in it's past like, seasons when they were like having this level of success they mm-hmm. had like there's just so much hype around them and i haven't seen as much of that this year nope. which is weird like even from outside the cowboys world like normally this kind of season they're seven and two right so like like every pregame NFL show has like Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Like I haven't seen any of that crap. Yeah. And and like even from the organization itself, like this mm-hmm. this seemed like the kind of year where like they'd make some crazy splash at the trade deadline. Didn't happen. Like they've just been very quiet and they've had they've had a weird, quiet confidence about them. So yeah, if you're if you're a cowboy hating Eagles fan, uh I would I'd be concerned about that too. I just don't think I can poke like a lot of holes in them. Like they've overcome adversity with some of those situations they had earlier in the year, losing Leo Collins and mm-hmm. then like losing all their defensive linemen. And then Micah Parsons has been stepping up. And then like, Back it's injury. not fun to say. Uh, yeah. The, like it's just, I just think they have good vibes as much as I hate to say it. I just, it kind of, some of the stuff reminds me of the 2017 Eagles, not like, you know, step for step, but some of like in terms of like the way they're just destroying bad teams. Yes. And just like some of the things they have going on there. Anyway, all right. Let's hope I'm just wrong about that. Uh, Giants at Buccaneers. Bucks are 11 point favorites on Monday Night Football. Bucks have struggled, obviously, recently. Um, but, uh, well, against the Washington football team, that was such a just inexplicable loss to me in that like the Bucks offense is really good. And how are you not destroying a Washington defense that has been bad? Um, yeah, but. I think the Giants, there's no way the Giants beat the Bucks for, to drop the Bucks for their, what, their third, third loss yeah. in a row. 
and on Monday Night Football, like I just I'm not seeing I'm not seeing how that happens for the Giants. I will take the I know it's 11 points. Uh, I know that the Giants have had some games where they've covered even when they lost like the Chiefs game, which is also Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago. RJ and I've been talking about this. Why do they keep putting teams in prime time in like close games? Like that's weird. Anyway, I'm going to take the Bucks to cover. What about you? So if you'll recall, if the Eagles hadn't tanked and they were able to beat the Washington football team, oh, yeah. uh, the Giants True. would have faced these Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs. And they would have beaten them, and then they would have went to the Super Bowl and won the whole thing. <laughs> Giants were robbed. But I remember seeing – I looked for it earlier today, and I couldn't find it. I didn't look hard. but um, And the reason being is because when you Google anything regarding the Giants or Buccaneers, you're going to get a lot of recent things this week about their upcoming matchup this week. But I'd seen a report during the offseason that, like – Part of the reason that Joe Judge was so mad that the Eagles tanked was because they legitimately felt that they were going to beat the Buccaneers because they played a close game against them uh, earlier in that during like, like that regular season. Like there was a I think that game like went down to the wire. There was some I want to say there was like a pass interference call that was contra. I thought yeah. it was definitely pass interference um, or uh, whatever it was. I, there was a controversial call and the Giants felt it went against them. And I thought whatever that call was was good, if I recall. Anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. But bottom line here is this Giants-Buccaneers game. In my mind, this is the game that decides that argument in the alternate universe in which the Giants make the playoffs. Okay. And so, I say the Giants lose in this alternate universe where they make the playoffs. Okay, so they're covering or no? Uh, I have the Giants to cover 11. Okay. 11's too big a spread. I mean... Is it when Jason Garrett is your offensive coordinator? I mean, they've looked a little better yeah. as the season has kind of gone along here. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks minus 11. And then that brings us to the Saints versus Eagles game. Jimmy, where the Eagles actually opened as one and a half point favorites at home, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. By the way, let you in a little secret here. If you want a special offer, DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can use promo code SBNNFL for a special offer. Um, yeah, so that line has since shifted to the Eagles being favored by two points now, which is still less, obviously, than the standard three. So uh, if this is at a neutral field, the Saints would be favored slightly in this one. Uh, yeah, so my thought on this game is that, said it earlier, I would not sleep on the Saints team. I call them plucky. I think that's a good way to describe them. They're a little bit better, I think, than you would think, just because, like, oh, it's Trevor Simeon, at quarterback. We don't have to worry about that guy. Well, again, the defense is good. I think Sean Payton is one of the obviously best head coaches in the NFL that gives the offense and the quarterback a bump. Um, it's not an elite offense, but it's not like a joke of an offense by any means. Uh, if Kamara plays, that's a big deal getting him. Uh, I, this Saints game, or, so obviously they go out and beat the Bucks, the Saints, and then they play the, the Titans. And like, I thought they could have won that game. They had a, a interception in the end zone. That was thrown by Ryan Tannehill, taken off the board by a very tacky roughing the passer penalty, like especially tacky roughing the passer penalty. Um, huge call that takes away that pick. And then even with that, the Saints, despite missing like Kamara and a bunch of other guys, they got it down to a situation at the end of the game where they were in position to tie it and send it to overtime. Obviously, uh, their, their tight end, Troutman, had a false start, and that set them back, and then they couldn't get the two-point conversion. But if he doesn't commit that penalty, decent chance they tie that game. And that's arguably the top team in the NFL right now. Uh, so I I just don't think the Saints are to be taken lightly. As I said before, I think Sean Payton really wants to get a win over this team. He, and he 
hates the Eagles for whatever reason. Maybe it was because he was here in Philly before. I don't know. Whatever it is, uh, I just I, I don't love that. But I will say I'm rolling with the Eagles in this one because I think they're just due to me. Like they haven't won a home game since they beat the Saints last year on December 13th. It's almost been a year. Uh, the Eagles haven't had back to back wins as we've talked about on the pod before. You brought up since they beat like the Cowboys and Bronco or not? Yeah, the Cowboys and Giants uh, last season, and that's been over a year ago. Like I, I just think they're due. Like, are they really going to go what zero and five at the link? Like, is that really going to happen? I think uh, they find a way to keep the good vibes rolling, and they win this game, close one. Uh, maybe they don't even cover. Maybe it's like a one point win or something. Um, I'm going to say twenty eight to twenty seven. So the the Saints cover, but the Eagles win. No Jameis Winston. No Michael Thomas. No Andrews Pete. No Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Versatile, versatile, you know, defensive back for them. Uh, they're on their, if you want to include Will Lutz, who's on injured reserve, he hasn't played at all this year, four kickers. So they've, they've had three kickers aside from Will Lutz this year. No Peyton Turner is the first round pick. No Tano, uh, or excuse me, Tano Passignon. Um, Passignon. hasn't practiced, didn't practice on Wednesday. He's got four sacks this year. Um, he's their leading sacker. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. And of course, as you mentioned earlier, uh, both offensive tackles did not practice on Wednesday. Probably a better chance that, uh, Ramchek plays than Armstead. Uh, anyway, point being made here. The very bad. Oh, and Alvin Kamara, of course, missed last week and is, you know, even if he plays, may not be 100%. Point being made here is Eagles actually have been um, in better shape than a lot of their opponents this year, injury-wise, which is uh, sort of a weird side to be on for this Eagles team. And and that can, remains the case uh, against this Saints team. The Saints team is more banged up uh, than the Eagles. I think the Eagles, as I mentioned earlier, um, they're not going to put up you know over 200 yards like they did last year. But I think they'll be successful enough running the ball. They'll, they'll be able to put some points on the board. And uh, I'm just not buying an offense led by Trevor Simeon. And I, I, I do believe in the uh, Sean Payton bump, as you put it earlier. But uh, ultimately for me, I think the Eagles have a better team than the Saints team that's going to come into Philly on Sunday. So uh, I think it'll be close, but I don't think that it'll I, – I have it more along the lines of like 27-21. Okay. Wow. That's not super close. No. Uh, well, I mean, it's one score. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be a really close game. I really do. Um, I mean, unless it's like, again, we talked about the Saints are kind of just hard to predict and they've had some bizarre versions. So maybe they come out and the Eagles just blow them out because they've had it's Trevor Simeon and like weird. It just This is a weird team. Like that could happen. But I just tend to think it's going to be a close game just because... I just I think they're good. I think they're better than they're kind of getting credit for. Um, all right, so we both have the Eagles ultimately advancing to five and six, and then you know being in a good position the rest of the season. So we'll see what they do from there. Uh, but any final thoughts, Jimmy? Uh, yes, I got a, a direct message today via Twitter requesting that I make a video. Uh, this is from another journalist, not just like a. Uh, okay. um, requesting that I make a video about the Cowboys press box mac and cheese. Wow. So this is a big moment for me. It's a big journalistic moment for, for uh, old Jimmy Kemsky here. Uh, people are interested in my take on the, specifically on the Cowboys. Somebody's doing an article on the Cowboys mac and cheese. I've talked about like how good it is before. And I sure. think this validates 
<laughs> that like that sentiment. Somebody's actually writing an article specifically about the Cowboys mac and cheese. And anyway, they also want my perspective on it as well. So the big moment for me, going to pat myself on the back a little bit there. Jimmy literally uh, just did pat himself for the <laughs> listeners. You couldn't see. Uh, but I'm excited to do this video for these people. And uh, I'll, I'll post it when uh, whenever they put theirs up. Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing that too. Uh, I will say my favorite mac and cheese ever was obviously made by my mom. I have to say that. And okay. then second favorite behind that, love you, mom, uh, is uh, Mike's Barbecue in South Philly. That stuff is, it's just so thick, like in a good way. Like yeah. just like really thick and creamy cheese. Yeah. Mac and what cheese. What was the place again? Mike's Barbecue. They do really good barbecue as well. Like their meat is great. Um, so definitely you want to try it out sometime, Jimmy. Um, Oh, man, my mouth is watering thinking about it. So that's my <laughs> shout-out this week. Hashtag BGN Good Eats if you want to give us your recommendations. Um, always like to do that at the end of the pod. Uh, long episode today, Jimmy. Running over 80 minutes here. So uh, we appreciate you sticking with us to the end if you did. And if you didn't, you're not hearing this anyway. So get lost. Uh, you already did. So <laughs> Get whatever. lost, you non-listening jerks. <laughs> uh, we love you all, listeners. We appreciate it. It's been a fun ride, sort of. Eagles haven't been great, but they're getting better, so things are getting more fun, I will say. Uh, my final thought is, hey, check out RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Same discount code at WildNaturePet.com for 15% off dog treats. So you have the human treats at Wild Nature, or sorry, human treats at RighteousFelon.com. Dog treats at WildNaturePet.com. Discount code BGN15. Get you 15% off at both places. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Again, you can look at for that video of Nick Foles that Jimmy talked about. If you scroll way back in my Instagram, um, Jimmy Kemsky is on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Made it easy for you. You can check out bleedinggreennation.com, phillyvoice.com. Check out BGN radio, underscore radio for the BGN Twitter handle, radio Twitter handle. Uh, Bleeding Green Nation Twitter handle is at Bleeding Green. Also, Bleeding Green Nation is on Instagram, which Seamus runs. Shout out to Seamus. Uh, Bleeding Green Insta. Those are all the plugs. Jimmy, I feel like. Obviously, Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors as well. You can go to roachrealtors.com or call. Uh, 856-906-9295. Or text her, right? If you wanted to text text instead of call. Some people like a text instead of a call. So text as well. Nothing Um, graphic, please. Thank you. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, All right. On that note, uh, we will talk to you after the Eagles play this week. Talk to you middle of next week. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N-N.